This is Kraftwerk. This is my hometown, and I just believe this hometown wouldn't have been the same if this team had left here. A look back at 25 years of Patriots ownership. And the Patriots are Super Bowl champions! And the Patriots are world champions again! And a title for the Patriots! We are all Patriots, and tonight the Patriots are world champions. Once again, here's Mark Bertrand. And I want my children to have that opportunity. Hundreds of diehard fans showed up to tell the lawmakers to keep the patch here in the Bay State. The threat to move to Hartford was a serious one. Tom Birmingham was the president of the Massachusetts Senate, and he'd been front and center in the effort to keep the Patriots in the Boston area. That campaign appeared dead, though, following the signing of an agreement between the team and the city of Hartford in November of 1998 to move the franchise to Connecticut. Against long odds, Birmingham persisted, and on a crisp, clear morning in the spring of 1999, his craving for coffee may have saved the day. I dropped off my daughter to visit a friend, and I just went to get a cup of coffee at the Dunkin' Donuts there. And who do I run into but um, Kraft? We just saw each other. We were the only two people in there. He asked me about it, and, uh, you know, was this a done deal? I said to him, you're talking about going to Hartford. I said, you're already rich. You can still afford to be in Massachusetts, even if we don't give the exact same deal that Hartford's willing to give, even if we're not going to build you a stadium, as Hartford seemed prepared to do. Was there any chance we'd be back? And I said, look, I really can't talk about this. And all I said to him is, if you want to talk to somebody about it as a concerned Massachusetts politician, I'd call the NFL, and I gave him the name of who we should talk to there, but that we couldn't talk to him about it. I said, I think that, you know, for your own civic pride, it should be important to you to make this team work here in your own state of Massachusetts. Meanwhile, a chance encounter in Washington, D.C. back in December had set a different train rolling on a parallel track. Former Democratic National Committee Chairman Paul Kirk. Yeah, I, I chaired uh, at that time, after I had chaired the Democratic Party, the, is the Institute of International Affairs. And I was chairman. We had a big uh, dinner, fundraising dinner, and Dan Rooney was there. And he effectively came up to me and said, say, uh, Mr. Chairman, can you tell me how you can help keep the patriots in Massachusetts? And I said, no, maybe you can tell me. And if you tell me, I'm in. Rooney was the Steelers' owner. And he put Kirk together with NFL Commissioner Paul Tagliabue. The league was concerned with abandoning the sixth largest TV market in the country. And Tagliabue asked for Kirk's help to keep that from happening. He said, uh, you know, if you can convene a number of civic leaders to uh, brainstorm with us how we can get this done and then eventually how we can accomplish our mission on Beacon Hill, that would be enormously important. I said, I'm in, whatever you need. And he said, I'm going to send who was number one at the time, Roger Goodell, to Boston. We met in uh, my office. So this was like in uh, February or so. Uh, and so we got a handful of well-known Bostonians, Father Mona of Boston College, now deceased, and also Bill Cannell, who was a good friend and uh, a good fan and a very generous philanthropist to a number of causes here. Tom May, Wayne Budd, who was a former U.S. attorney, Jack Connors, that was the team. Each in their own way had some respect and stature in the community, and then collectively 
that magnified, and I think that gave it the impression to those who were paying attention that this has a serious uh, potential of success. And then the uh, effectively, as a group, we were the liaison to Beacon Hill. They called themselves Operation Team Back. They lobbied the business community, while Birmingham continued to work the state house. We were never going to consider building a stadium for the crafts, as they have done in other jurisdictions, as I'm sure you know. From our perspective in the Senate, we treated it like any other business initiative that we would support collaterally, but not do on our own. So we we were prepared to support through different forms of infrastructure, improving the roads around the stadium, building sewers, that sort of thing. They were clear to us that this was not going to be anything like Hartford money, that they would be prudent in terms of their responsibility to the taxpayers, and they weren't going to put a dollar into the stadium. But they would find a way to, between themselves, figure out how they could help on the access road to the stadium and do something in the terms of public infrastructure, which would be uh, something that they're glad to do for an institution that brought great civic pride to the community, as sports does to the Boston area, and to do it in a responsible way. Meanwhile, in Hartford, things were falling apart. It may seem like the 11th hour, but once again, the battle over a home for the New England Patriots is shifting back to Massachusetts because the city of Hartford has only now started soil testing at its proposed stadium site on the downtown waterfront. A delay that could affect the construction timetable Patriots owner Bob Kraft is looking for. You know, the governor there at that time has just, I had an uneasy feeling about it. We know we would have had a good financial deal there. It would have been first class, but it just didn't feel right. So the question remains, can Bob Kraft be convinced to abandon Connecticut and its $380 million offer and return to skill-skeptical Massachusetts politicians? Of course, all this comes just a couple of weeks before a May 2nd deadline that would still allow Bob Kraft to walk away from the Connecticut deal if he wants to. When we started feeling to live up to our end of the obligations, Boston got a second win. Tom Ritter was the Speaker of the Connecticut House of Representatives. He and other Hartford proponents were suddenly playing defense as it became apparent that the relocation of an old steam plant on the proposed site of the new stadium wouldn't be done in time to satisfy the crafts. There was a loose ball on the field, and Massachusetts jumped on it. The uh, issues between Birmingham and Finneran were basically on where any public money can go. They didn't want to put any public money in private property, so effectively they bought this access road, and it became then the property of the Commonwealth, which satisfied, I guess, the Speaker saying, I'll do infrastructure money as long as it's in a public outfit. So, you know, it was pretty tricky negotiation to get what we needed for infrastructure money. After months of squabbling, House Speaker Tom Finneran relented, and Beacon Hill sent forth a bill that the team could live with. I believe my bill in 1997 that we passed was a uh, $72 million bill. In 1999, when we passed the final bill, it was a $70 million bill, almost identical to what we had done two years earlier. Patriots fans can celebrate tonight. There is no deal with the state of Connecticut. Just in the past hour, the team notified Connecticut Governor John Rowland that it officially is terminating the deal signed last December to move the team to Hartford, Connecticut. Personally for you at the end, how satisfying was it to have it go 
the way that it ended up. And now that we're two decades removed, do you look back on it and feel proud to have been a part of that process? Yeah, I think the answer, of course, is, is yes. We have to think about this is one of the great sports areas in the United States of America. And to look back and to think that that franchise stayed with its home base and its fan base. And after all these years and all the success that the Patriots have had and how Patriots Nation is competitive with Red Sox Nation, wherever you go. And the second thing is, when I think of the the philanthropic contributions of the Kraft family to so many institutions and their generosity and the fact that they're here and consider it their home and continue to contribute, that's something else that's very important to, to the story. So in terms of my own personal satisfaction, you look back on things that you may have done in life, and this is one that goes right up there. Kirk's team came through for the Commonwealth. All it took was a little coffee to grease the machinery. When, when they first went to Hartford, I thought the game might be over. But after I talked to Jonathan that day, I saw we had an opportunity. The Crafts, father and son, in the heart of heart, they really wanted to stay in Massachusetts. And they were willing to accept a less lucrative deal in Massachusetts than they could have gotten in Hartford. And so it's not just rhetoric. Their actions really demonstrate how much they wanted to stay in Massachusetts because most businessmen are going to take the best bottom line deal they, they can get. And they'll particularly care whether it's Massachusetts or, or Connecticut. But uh, in this instance, the Crafts wanted to be in Massachusetts enough that they were willing to make financial sacrifices to stay here. Next time on Craftwork, the Crafts' relationship with their franchise quarterback. No. The other one. Bledsoe, he drops straight back to throw. Pump fakes, going for the whole thing. His man is open. Timpson, touchdown. Patriots win. Drew really carried us right until the Belichick-Brady era. The Patriots win in overtime on Bledsoe's fourth touchdown pass of the game.